Hey, 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 welcome. My name is Rolinda, and I am the creator and host of the Psalms of My Emotions podcast. What is the Psalms of My Emotions? It's not necessarily the Psalms of My Emotions. Yes, I do tell a bit of my testimony, but this is the Psalms of Your Emotions. After all the pain and all the turmoil, the ups and downs of your emotions, there will be a testimony that is like a song to God's ears. My job is to drop these Jesus nuggets in hopes that it will encourage, inspire, heal, and push you into your creative purpose. So let's hop right into it and let the healing Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to Emotion Monday. It's been a while since the last time that I was on here. You guys, I took a little um, consecration. So here I am with some Jesus nuggets and some topic and a topic for you guys. I'm so excited to discuss. We have a lot of ground to cover tonight. So I just want to welcome you guys back into my podcast listeners. I thank you just for um, just clicking play every time an episode is uploaded. I'm so grateful um, that you listen to the wisdom that God has given me. You know, I can't think of this stuff on my own. This is purely God and this is, you know, the wisdom he gives me. So let me go ahead and just do my intro. Thank you again for tuning into Emotion Monday. E, um, is, uh, emotion is a play on words. E is for electronic. Motion is movement. <laughs> I prayed about this. God has uh, placed me in front of you all um, to share the wisdom and share the knowledge that he gives me, you know, that has helped me every day. Hey, Tiff. <laughs> that has helped me every day, that has molded me, that has grounded me in my spirituality. Um, so he has put me in front of you guys to share in hopes that you may be, you know, uh, deep in your relationship with God, that it will get you through the week. This may be confirmation for, uh, for you. You know, um, sometimes we get on here and we hear messages and we always want to think about the other person, Right. But I just want you guys to look at this as a perspective for yourself, you know, because all of that that I'm sharing with you are things that God has, um, hello, <laughs> that God has shared with me and has molded and shaped me. So why keep it to myself? I'm not keeping these nuggets and eating them all to myself. I want y'all to eat some too, right? <laughs> I want y'all to eat some, you know, so you can grow and, and grow from the, the nutrients that God gives us. Um, 
I prayed about everything about this ministry. You know, um, I didn't know it was a ministry until I got on here and God said, call it what it is. It's a ministry. You're ministering. Um, so he said, Monday, six o'clock. Monday may be difficult for people. So here we are. Um, the hashtag is let the healing begin. And that's what we're going to do. Let the healing begin. So, guys, the topic for today is got humility. Do you have humility? Um, and like I said, take this in a perspective of thinking of yourself, you know, evaluating yourself. This season, I've been strongly evaluating myself on everything that I do, everything that I say. Um, I've been evaluating all of my motives, you know, for things just to make sure that they line. You know, we always have to have a check system, you know, with God when we're doing things for God, because. History shows in the Bible that we are able to get drawn away, right? Drawn away from the plans of God. It's so easy and it can happen to anyone. No one is exempt from the temptations that Satan has, right? No one is exempt. So that's why we have to be strong spiritually to know his devices, to know his plans, right? And, you know, also I forgot to add, you know, um, my audience, my tribe is the creatives. So, you know, not also do I, I, I heal and, you know, God administers healing from me, through me. Um, it's for the creative. So if you are on here, you probably are very well a creative, even if it's hidden, even if it's buried. <laughs> You're going to find out creatives go through ups and down roller coasters of the emotions all the time. And right. And so we can get caught up in our emotions. Most of the time, it's our emotions that get us in trouble. It is our emotions that take us away from the presence of God. And artists, creatives are highly emotional. <laughs> Sometimes emotion, emotion is the muse that helps us, you know, that helps us create, that helps some of us write, that helps us. Um, yes, it's flesh, it's something else. And it's so prevalent in the creatives, you know, people that do music, paint, cook, you know, do culinary arts. It's, it's, it's crazy, right? <laughs> but that's why we're sensitive about what we do, because it's a reflection of us, right? It's a, a um, extension of us. So we become so sensitive. And, you know, like I always quote Erica Badu, you know, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff. She don't say stuff, but I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff because, you know, it's, it's an extension from us. But anyway, I'm going to move on. So got humility. And if you guys seen, it was pretty simple. Um, I kind of got the idea from the Got Milk campaign. So it's got humility. And you guys, when I was on my consecration, God had been dealing heavily with me about humility. I mean, he's been dealing with me with humility for a couple of years. But, you know, humility is like this time around. He's dealing with me humility in a way of preparation because I know I'm transitioning, right? I'm transitioning not to the other side yet. I'm transitioning to you know, another dimension in God and another dimension of where he wants me to go. And so he wants me to get ahead of it. You know, that's what he was saying. He says, get ahead of it. Know the triggers. Know, you know, what can lead you 
you know, into the temptation of, of being proud of pride, you know? Um, and I don't know if you guys remember anyone tuning in and know a couple of years ago, I had an encounter with being prideful, right? I asked God and to think about it, how I asked God to humble me was really in an arrogant matter. I asked God to humble me because I've I heard it preached before and it said the worst thing that you can do is ask God to humble you. So me, I took it as a challenge. You know, will God humble me or whatever? When I asked him that, it immediately hit my natural, like my back. I had a back spasm out of this world. I never had a back spasm before. And I was just unable to move. I couldn't walk, you know, and the only position that was comfortable was on my knees, praying, right? That was the only position that was comfortable. So that was me asking God to humble me, but I wasn't serious. I was just wanting, I was just going to see if he was going to do it. That's bad, right? I'm asking God to humble me. I'm tempting him, you know, and I didn't think about it then. I'm tempting him, right? I wasn't asking him to humble me because I wanted to be humble. I wanted to see if he's going to do it. And he did it, right? So I don't ask that. <laughs> so this time around, it's different. So I want you guys, um, God had directed me in a couple places and he finally allowed me to connect the dots. He led me to a, a wonderful book. And he also led me to the temptation of Jesus in the um, in the wilderness, right? He led me to the temptation um, in the wilderness where, you know, Jesus was tempted for 40 days, right? So he had me put the humility and the temptation together. So I can't wait to, to share with you guys. So I got these notes. So I want to first show you the book that I've been reading. I don't know if you guys can see it. The light is called Humble Roots, Humble Roots, and it's by Hannah Anderson. It is so many life-changing nuggets in this book about humility. Um and I'm just going to go ahead and read a couple chapters um, about it. And you guys know I'm a word girl, so we're going to get through some words, right? Because sometimes we can use humility. We can use pride so often that we don't really know what it is. We really don't know what it means. So first off, before I dive into this book, we're going to talk about humility um, and what that means in a definition. Humility is freedom from pride or arrogance. Freedom from pride or arrogance. It's a modest or low view of one's own importance, right? So freedom from pride or arrogance. So if you're getting, if this is freedom, if humility is freedom, what's bondage? Pride. Pride puts you in bondage, right? I don't think we think about that. It puts us in bondage we're locked in a box we don't have freedom we can't move so when you're prideful you have locked yourself in a in a in a jail your mind is in a jail right you can't move there's no movement right it's humility is freedom what yep that's it it's merely is freedom what's bondage pride yes Pride is bondage. We don't think about it because we have a freedom to do this, freedom to do what we want, freedom to say what we want, you know, freedom to defend ourselves. But how many of you know that is not our job? God is our greatest defender, right? 
God is our greatest defender. He fights our battles. The victory is ours already. And he always says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So, you know, anyone comes against you, any weapons formed against won't prosper because he has our back. So us doing all of this stuff as, as defending ourselves, as making our own way is pride and it's putting us in bondage. Right. And I'm going to get deeper into the pride as we uh, discuss. So, you know, again, what's the I got the definition of humility. So what is freedom? Like I said, well, we're going to break this down tonight. Right. <laughs> freedom. Is the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice of action, of an action. So, you know, when you have freedom from pride, you are not constrained. You know, you are not constrained. You're not constricted, right? You're not, um, like I said, in a jail, right? <laughs> So anyway, um, the examples of humility is um, people give up their own privileges in order to serve those who have less, right? We're not, it's not self-seeking. It doesn't always uh, come to serve your, you know, serve yourself. You give up what you think is due to you for the good of other people, right? You know, you may have a need a mile long. But your first mind should be about how should I help someone else, right? How should I help someone? Because we know even then that God supplies all of our needs. That's not even our responsibility to supply all of our needs. Y'all getting where I'm going? I'm kind of creating a little grapevine here. God supplies all of our needs. So us giving up our privileges, what we have the right to do, what we have the right to say, right? What we have the right to get, what we have the right to, to do anything, you know, God will take care of that. That's none of our business, <laughs> right? So, you know, and the aim of, um, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. So I just wanted to break down what humility is because I'm bringing this up and I notice when I do talk and when I, when I'm repetitious and I speak, I'm learning that about myself as God is training me in the prophetic, that this is a word from God, right? He repeats himself through me. And when I repeat it and when something is echoing, you know, humility and, 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 and pride, this is an issue. This is an issue. He wants us to be humble. It's a reason why he hates pride. It's a reason why he hates pride. And I think I'm going to jump right into that. He hates pride because when you think about it, what did I say pride was? Which I didn't read to say what pride was, but I'm about to read this definition right now. Pride is a feeling of deep, deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one owns achievements. The achievement of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. I'm going to read it again. A uh, pride is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. The achievement of those who, with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired, right? So then we're going to go Bible, right? We're going to go to the Bible. So in Proverbs 8.13, you know, this shows where God hates pride. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. 
I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 16 and 5, the Lord detests all proud of heart, right? So God hates this thing. God cannot stand pride. Let's see. Blessings to your house. Pride is a self-delusion of oneself. Absolutely. God hates pride. And the reason why he hates it and because he, you know, told me this was because when you have so much pride, you're self-governing. You run the rules, you run yourself, you control everything, you know, you do what you want to do, you're self-governing. But if you are under God, if you say Jesus is Lord, he governs. So it's like you have a conflict, right? You have a conflict. Pride leads you to, to believe that you govern yourself. That's why he hates it. Because he looks at you like, well, what did you need me for? And like I said, look at yourself, y'all. We're not about to listen to this and be like, okay, well, who was this for? It's it's for us. <laughs> it's for us. We're having an actual mirror moment right now. <laughs> it's for us. And like I said, you know, God had been dealing heavily with me, you know, with pride you know, with watching, with being careful, you know, and the thing about humility, we, we, we treat it as something, especially if you, you are a Christian, we treat it as something that we should have because we're a Christian. You should be humble. You should. So we, we make it like an elective. <laughs> this thing is needful. If you gonna go into the purpose that God has for you. This is a necessity. It's not an elective. You have to have humility, right? This is the attribute and the makings of God. God is humble. God is a humble God, you know, and Jesus on this earth being the example shows us that. So y'all, I want to get into this book, right? That's right. Amen. Amen. Come on. Miss May Mans. <laughs> so I'm about to get right into this book. Like I said, there's so many nuggets in here and I got halfway through it. And, you know, the other half. So it may be a part two to this. Like I said, there's so much ground to cover. So I'm just going to go ahead and just start reading just a little bit. So um, it has like it starts off like the sections with quotes. And I mean, this is so good. It like really gave me a really great perspective um, on being humble. So this one is called, this section is called humble beast. And the quote that she has here is people have forgotten this truth. The Fox said, but you mustn't forget it. You become responsible forever for what you've tamed. So I'm going to get into it. Right. And this is by Antoine de Saint Exupery. I don't know, <laughs> but let me go ahead and read this. Um, so she says, out where the shops and houses give way to pastures and barns, a creek flows beside a small brick church and through an adjoining field. A wooden fence forms a boundary between the church property and the field. Behind the fence, cows graze. Sometimes they lift their heads to watch the parishioners come and go for the weekly services, 
but they quickly lower them again. Grasping mouthfuls of grass and grinding it methodically between their shifting jaws. In the summer, when the sun is high, they drift down to where the creek widens and the water pools under the shade of the chestnut oaks. There they stand, knee deep in muddy water, sluggish, slu oh, I can't say it, sluggishly swishing their tails back and forth every so often. One of them will offer a low, gentle bellow, but for the most part, they are quiet and content. They are at peace. When Jesus calls us to take his yoke, when he invites us to find rest through submission, listen to this, y'all. Jesus invites us to find rest through submission. He is not satisfying some warped need for power or his own sense of pride. He is calling us to safety. Woo! The safety that comes from belonging to him. The safety that comes from being tamed. That's the thing about pride and, and when, it when it rises up. When you are prideful, you are basically telling God, don't tame me. Don't tame me. But really, he wants you to not be prideful and want to be humble and have humility because it's safe. It's dangerous to be prideful, right? It's dangerous to be prideful. So again, I'm going to read that part again because it blessed my soul when I read it. He is not satisfying some, okay, uh, when Jesus calls us to take his yoke, when he invites us to find rest through submission, he is not satisfying some warped need for power or his own sense of pride. He is calling us to safety. The safety that comes from belonging to him. The safety that comes from being tamed. So even in that, the safety that comes from belonging to him. If we have, and when we operate in pride and when we have pride, like I said, we're saying that we belong to us, that we are self-governing. There is no safety in this flesh. I'll say it again. There is no safety in this flesh. We can't keep our own self safe, right? We can't save ourselves. <laughs> if that was so, what was the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross? We will negate all of that operating in pride. We can talk about the cross all day, but when we are operating and flowing in pride, he might as well have not been on the cross because we can save ourselves. Right? And we can't save ourselves. <laughs> Woo! So let me read some more. Um, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet describes the people of Jerusalem as cattle who have broken the yoke, burst the bonds. They have refused to come under the care and correction of their kind master and instead are wandering free. But in wandering away, they have exposed themselves to danger. Pride will cause you to wander away and expose yourself to danger. Jeremiah writes, 
Therefore, a lion from the forest shall strike them down. A wolf from the desert shall devastate them. By leaving the yoke of their master, they become prey for the wild, unpredictable world around them. Yes, pride blinds us from the total will of God. That's the safety. That's the pasture. You know, that is where he wants us to be. Because the shepherd guides whoever is in his field. He watches over the sheep that is in his field. So if we are prideful and act like we can go and survey the land, like this book says, we become prey for the wild in an unpredictable world around us. You don't know what's out there. You want to go out there, go do what you want to do, but you're out of the ark of safety, right? The shepherd does not want you out there because he, he wants to keep you safe, right? So sometimes we look at different places. We look at people doing things. We want to do it too. Oh, I can do that. But did God tell you that? So then here you are, you become prey for the wild. These beasts and these animals that you don't know nothing about that will tear you up. Right? I'm telling y'all, this was so good. This was so good. Right? So let me read some more. It is understandable that we fear the yoke. We fear the loss of control. I think that is why pride rises up because we fear the loss of control. We fear we're going to lose control. So here comes this pride rising up in us because then if we allow God and submit to God and we just need to trust his will, we don't have to know his will you know, all the way, we just have to know and trust in who leads us, right? God leads us. God has the master plan. And because he is God and because he loves us, whatever he tells us to do is good, right? We have to believe that God is good. We have to trust that God is good. And pride comes also from not trusting the will of God, not trusting the goodness of God, not trusting the plan, the blueprint that it will work for us, right? So pride comes from really not fully trusting in God. <sighs> so that's why it says in the book, it is understandable that we fear the yoke, right? We fear that control, that, that thing that the animal have that tells us where to go that tells us where to look like. We can't see, we can't see, you know, nothing, right? That thing that, you know, God tells us to go here and we might not want to go there, but guess what? We have to know, we serve all knowing God that knows and can see further than we can. But sometimes we get caught up in thinking that we can see further than what God can see, right? Um. Let's see, we fear surrender, but we must also understand that without the protection of a good master, we are not safe. From the manipulation of other masters, from the expectations of society, 
from ourselves. Let me read that again. We fear surrender, but we must also understand that without the protection of a good master, we are not safe. From the manipulation, we are not safe from the manipulation of other masters, from the expectations of society, and from ourselves. So if we don't take on the yoke of God, we're not safe from manipulation, from the, the expectations of society, you know, what social media wants us to post out, what social media wants us to talk about. And we, we are not safe from ourselves. <laughs> this flesh is a mess. We are not safe from ourselves. And so we must respond to Jesus' call. We must come to him. We must come to him and learn of his gentleness and humility. Like I said, God was the greatest, Jesus was the greatest example of humility on the earth. He taught us how to be humble, right? We must come to him to be tamed. Y'all, we can't tame ourselves. We have to come to Jesus to be tamed. He has to tell us and teach us how to walk. He has to teach us, you know, how to talk to people. He has to teach us how to love. And when we are, this is talking about being tamed. And when we are tamed, he promises that we will find rest for our souls. So I'm going to read that again. When we become tamed, he promises that we will find rest for our souls. There is rest and humility. There is rest and humility. There's rest in being humble, right? There's rest. You think about it. How much rest can you get? Like, I mean, all together, when you know somebody's out there fighting your battles, somebody is taking care of you. Somebody is making sure that your needs are, are taken care of, right? This is all what God does. You know, he talks about the sparrow, you know, like if I, if they can find something to eat, what do you think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do for you? But when we worry and we feel like, okay, we have to have some kind of sense of control, that's where pride comes in, right? I'm telling y'all. This was so good. Um, so there's another part that I wanted to read, but I'm just going to go ahead and just discuss some more. Um, like I said, um, it's so good. And the thing that God had tied in with that was the temptation, you know, um, of Jesus. Uh, the 40 days, you know, no, I'm not going to talk about that yet. I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of this. And then I'm going to talk about that and tie that in, you know, and close out after that, because like I said, it's so good. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Um, But, you know, to aim to be humble, you know, I'm going to read that. Then I'm going to jump here in the book. All right. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm all over the place. <laughs> so, um, the aim, you know, and how to be humble, because I know you guys are listening to this, you know, well, how do how do I become that? How do I start? What does that look like? So the aim is um, don't think of anyone else. Think of yourself. 
So this is like a whole development. So the aim of um, that's what, you know, you kind of think when you, you, you just think, you know, don't think of anyone else when I'm talking about this. Think of yourself. That's my own note. I'm just like, Sometimes we listen to this and we think like, oh, I, I, I know who needs to listen to this. No, we need to listen to this. So the development is spend time listening to others, right? Sometimes when we are um, with people, we're talking with people, we're more so concerned about what we're going to say and what's troubling us that we don't spend time listening to people. We got to learn how to listen to people, be attentive to people. And then it says, practice mindfulness and focus on the present. You know, it says in the Bible, don't worry about, you know, what tomorrow brings. Today has its own troubles, right? Worry about today. You know, receive your daily bread today. You know, God will provide day after day after day. We, have, we don't have to worry about tomorrow brings. Tomorrow's not even promised to us right? We just be present, practice mindfulness, be mindful, be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what you have. And this is the thing that I learned, you know, a couple years ago was to just count my blessings. When I get times of being anxious, you know, or times where, okay, God, I've been hearing the same word over and over and over again, you know, he just told me just to go back and see where I showed up at. Count the many times that I have showed up in your life. You know, visualize when I showed up when you didn't think I was going to show up. So when I do that, it brings me down. It like really, truly humbles me and it brings me down because then it's like, okay, God, why am I worrying about this when you have done stuff before in the past? You know, why would you stop now? You're not going to stop. You're not going to stop doing what you promised me that you were going to do, right? So again, be grateful for what you have, right? Another one, ask for help when you need it. This was a big thing for me. Y'all, I was one that didn't like to ask for help. I got it. I know what to do. I know how to do it. And I still go through it from time to time. You know, it's hard. You know, it gets hard for me to ask for help. You know, especially if I feel that I don't want to um, burden somebody else um, or feel ashamed maybe if I can't do certain things. So it's definitely a work in progress with that. But I acknowledged it, right? I acknowledge it. <laughs> I acknowledge that I have a hard time asking uh, people for help or asking for help, right? Um, you know, I ask God for help, you know, even as I'm doing this and doing a podcast and um, writing and doing things, you know, it's getting closer, closer that I know I need help with things. But, you know, I'm just like, well, God, I don't have the budget you know, to, to hire people because I don't just want to just be using people, right? And just telling them, you know, okay, we'll do it because it's ministry and it's, it's free. No, I want to pay people. I want to be a blessing to people. That's my heart. You know, I want to be able to pay people to for their works, to for their gifts. I want to pay people. I want to bless people. I want to sow a seed into people <laughs> that do things for me. You know, I'm not going to take and not give. So that's another reason why I don't ask for help because I want to be able to bless them, right? 
So another is seek feedback from others on a regular basis. How many of us don't want it, don't want people to tell us, you know, we say, tell us what to do or tell us about ourselves. Tell us about our life. You know, we, we don't want to hear it. We just say, oh, I know, I know, I know. We don't want to hear it, right? So again, seek feedback from others on a regular basis. Other one, review your actions against the language of pride, right? Review your actions against the language of pride. You know, evaluate how you act. Like I said, this these mirror moments, evaluate how you act. Do you just say, well, they ain't talking about me or, you know, things that you, you are defending, <laughs> being prideful. Back, away, back down from useless fights. Listen, these social media wars, these um, confrontations, you know, it's like we, we got to say something. No, we don't have to say something right so that's another way of of um humility development is to back away from useless fights sometimes where we scroll and look through social media we feel like um some our opinions are warranted and some a lot of times our opinions just need to scroll we just need to scroll up we just need to scroll keep on scrolling right Keep on scrolling. And if you see something that's like really disturbing, if you really kind of don't know the person, unless God prompts you to, to go to them, you know, you pray. Sometimes we diminish the power of prayer. And it's prideful when you do that instead of praying, right? Because we don't believe that God can handle it. We don't believe that God can, can take care of it, right? And he can take care of it. We have to pray, submit that, submit things to prayer and allow God to take care of it, right? And another thing is accept being disappointed. There are so many things in this life, people in this life that will disappoint you. You have to accept it. People are flawed. We're flawed. And you're going to be disappointed, right? You're going to be disappointed. There are some people, you know, you become prideful when you can't accept being disappointed. Like you feel that nobody should disappoint you. Like your, your family shouldn't disappoint you like at all. Your friends shouldn't disappoint you, you know, um, just accept it. That's part of the human experience. People will disappoint us, right? And another thing for development of humility is, Look on the bright side. You know that saying where it's like, look, look, don't look at the glass half empty. Look at the glass half full, right? Because then now you're looking forward for it to the rest. But if you see it half empty, you're focusing on what you don't have and not focusing on what you do have, right? So looking on the bright side of things, be optimistic. Don't be pessimistic. Be optimistic. So when you are optimistic, you can talk yourself out of negative talk, right? So another uh, point is ignore negative action of others. That's a big one because we, we can't let stuff rad. We, some of us can't let stuff go. We can't ignore the negative action of others. Oh, I'm not going to let them make me look stupid. 
I'm not going to make them uh, have me looking like a fool, a clown out here. Who said you were a clown? Who said you were a fool? <laughs> That's what the, the trick of pride will do. Pride will have you think, you know, and that you can't take you looking a certain way. I can't, uh-uh, you're not about to do this to me. You know, so we have to ignore the negative actions of others, right? We live amongst flesh. We are flesh. We're not perfect. We're flawed. Things are just, the negative things are just going to happen to us, right? And another one, this is the last one. Do not pry. And I put in parentheses, stay out of people's business. <laughs> Do not pry. Stay out of people's business. Like I said, unless God um, prompts you to say, okay, um, say something to this person. But if not, stay out their business. <laughs> don't pry. Don't go off of what has been rumored, what has been said. If God has not told you to go to a person, you know, or prying into, you know, somebody because you just want to know and you want to be nosy, you know, that's that's just being, you know, that's being prideful. Because let me tell you what happens when you pry into people's business. Then you become the one with the solution and the answer. You breaking into somebody's life, you know, I'm getting a pictorial. You're breaking into somebody's life and thinking that you you have the solution and you have the answers. Right? And then now you're taking the place of God in that manner, right? What if God didn't want you to pry? He didn't want you to go and get in a business and say something because he got it handled. He's taking them through a process, right? He's taking them through a process they absolutely have to go through. And so here we come thinking we got the answers and we got the solutions. And then once, okay, what if it does work? What if they do take your advice and, and doing well? Then we're going to be trying to take all the kudos and brownie points and cookie points, right? And now the glory gets taken away from God. So don't pray. Get out of people's business unless God prompts you to say something. And that's being humble to the Holy Spirit, right? So anyway, let me read and finish up with the last section of this book. And I will be out of your way, but it is so good. So this is called Root Issues. This is the next section. And the quote is from C.S. Lewis. And it says, if anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud. So the first step is to admitting that you are proud, that you have pride issues. Pride can't be eliminated or fixed unless you first acknowledge to yourself that you are prideful, right? That you have, that you're proud. You have to acknowledge that first. And in my road to what God wanted to do with me, I had to admit and see places where I was pride, pride, prideful in, right? I, I mean, when I was married, I was just so prideful and that's because I just didn't want to lose control. You know, I felt that, you know, I had all the answers. I had all the solutions, right? Um, 
not knowing that, you know, God does give me wisdom and everything, but I do have to acknowledge that I don't know everything. Even when God does give me things, and I mean the pro profound uh, Jesus nuggets or whatever, I still don't know everything. I don't know everything. And those nuggets of wisdoms that he gives me is not from my, my own accord or my own knowledge or my own um, study life is, is from him, right? It's from him. He gives me everything that I know. It's none of me. But when I was married, even, you know, just arguments and things that I would remember, I would sound so good and making up stuff that everyone, be everyone believed what I was saying because I packaged it so well because I did not want to be wrong. And so I pieced the stuff together, this and that, proving my point, this and this and that. You know, I used to love to argue, right? Because I would put it together so well that people believed it, right? <laughs> Which now, see, the devil was using that, right? So now it makes sense for me to argue because, I, you know, I preach. You know, I know how to study the Bible and could put together something, you know, put together the truth. Not some other truth, but I could put together the truth. And it will help change someone's life, right? So anyway, the uh, the root issues, you know, um, the first step is to realize that one is proud. So it says most of us would probably agree that we should be more humble. So you could listen to this. Find other areas where you're saying, okay, God, yeah, I can um, be humble. I need to be humble, right? So we see it as a noble virtue. We may even be convinced that humility is, is essential to experiencing rest. So you know how I read to you guys a little while ago about, you know, humility is, you know, that's where you get rest in, you know, being humble. Without it. We will continue to be agitated, anxious, and frustrated because our pride will lead us to live beyond natural limitations. Let me read that again. Most of us will probably agree that we should be more humble. We see it as a noble virtue. We may even be convinced that humility is essential to experiencing rest. Without it, we will continue to be agitated, anxious, and frustrated because our pride will let us to live beyond natural limitations. That's hard to hear when we say, you know, God moves supernaturally through us. But a lot of times God does put limit on us, right? God puts limits on this flesh, right? So, we, we are prideful because we live beyond natural limitations. But until we understand the extent to which pride infects our everyday choices, we will never be at peace. I'll read that again. But until we understand the extent to which pride infects our everyday choices, we will never be at peace. Pride effects, infects your not your everyday choices it infects so when you think of infects i just think of infestation you know just it it just it spreads right it's infested it's nasty right now i just thought about it it just makes our choices toxic 
It's toxicity that we release when we make choices out of pride, right? And we will never be at peace. So now you have this disruption going on. You're not at peace and you're wondering what's going on. You, you could be prideful, right? One of the clearest examples of the extent of our pride is how quickly it infiltrates even our attempts to be humble. When you listen here, y'all, when you encounter a person who, for whatever reason, is trying to be humble, you can spot it almost immediately. You may not be able to articulate why, but you know that the person is not actually humble. In fact, false modesty is so prevalent in our culture that we even have a term for it, the humble brag. I'm going to go through this list and I'm going to let y'all go. Look, false modesty is so prevalent in our culture that we even have a term for it, the humble brag. A humble brag is a statement that initially sounds humble because it uses certain words like humble or thankful, but ultimately it draws attention back to the person making it. (laughs) Listen, this got me together, right? It made me careful in... The motive, why am I saying what I'm saying? You know, right? So here, here are some examples. I'm so humbled to see my art bless so many people. Translation, look how many people read my books, come to my concerts and listen to my lectures. Point number two, what did I do to get such a hardworking, attractive, thoughtful man? For some reason, he loves me and treats me like a queen. Translation, a wonderful man loves me, so I must be wonderful too. Point number three, my kid made the honor roll at XYZ Middle School. Translation, my kid is really smart. What can yours do? And perhaps the most famous humble brag of all, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Translation, I'm better than other people. Y'all, how many of us have used this? God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm glad I'm not like this person. I'm not like that person. (laughs) But the translation here says, that means you're saying basically I'm better than other people. Right? I've caught myself saying that a couple times. Come on, let's be honest here. I've caught myself saying that a couple times. This book got me together. Listen, y'all. So if we're honest, we've all, all of us, replay, podcast audience, Facebook Live audience, (laughs) YouTube audience. (laughs) If we're honest, we've all let pride corrupt our attempts at humility oh glad glad i'm getting you together i'm getting listen this got me together right if we're honest we've all let pride corrupt our attempts at humility of course we all manifested a bit differently some of us debase ourselves or use self-deprecating language as a way to invite reassurance and praise After a personal success, we may deflect well wishes and congratulations, which simply forces those around us to repeat them. 
And sometimes we will even wallow in our unworthiness as a means of signaling, signaling our spiritual superiority. Unlike other people, we are aware of our helplessness. Eesh. Part of the problem is that we misunderstand the nature of both pride and humility. We tend to think of pride as something we can conquer and of humility as something we can attain. We know that we are supposed to model Jesus' Jesus's own humility. We know that God opposes the proud. And so we commit to practicing, hum, practicing humility to intentionally be humble. But humility is not a commodity. It is not something you can achieve. It is not something you can earn or accomplish. Being humble is something you either are or you aren't. Listen here. <laughs> Being humble is something you either are or aren't. And if you aren't, no amount of trying can make up for it. All your attempts to be humble, to say the right words or deflect for praise or carry yourself in a lowly way will seem unnatural and put on. Listen, in a sense, humility follows the classic writing adage, show, don't tell. In order for a story to be believable, Authors use actions and dialogue to show a character's nature instead of simply telling you about him. For example, if I write a novel and introduce, introduce you to a character with the line, Philip was a humble man, it will fall flat. You may accept it out of courtesy, but you would not be convinced that Philip is a humble man because you haven't yet seen him act in a humble way. At best, he was seen one-dimensional, at worst, phony. But what if I introduce Philip to you in this way? Philip rolled up his sleeves and knelt beside the old man. As the freshly turned earth soaked into his woolen trousers, he thought about what Mrs. Pickering had said last time. He'd come home with muddy knees. A reverend doctor shouldn't be down in the dirt planting an old man's geran geraniums, even if that man does not have rheumatoid arthritis. Read this paragraph and you will immediately know that Philip is a humble person. You will also know that Mrs. Pickering isn't. Why? Because their actions and words reveal their character. Listen here. People know if you're humble or if you're proud by your actions and and what your actions and your words. Plain and simple. It don't matter how many times you say you are humble, actions and words will speak. Right? Let me tell you, this got me together. This made me so careful in how I speak and my actions. How I speak and how I act how I treat people and what I say to people, what I say on social media, how I treat people everywhere I go, how I treat people in restaurants, not just in church, how I treat people in restaurants and drive-throughs, any way that I, anywhere that I encounter God's people. 
I, I, I have to see the, that humility going to show up. And it's what's in you. It's it's the it's that root. What's how is your root? What's on the bottom of you know what's what's helping you? What's causing you to be humble? Right. Listen, this was so good. Um, like I said, because their actions and words reveal their character. Despite his education and status in the community. Philip is down in the dirt helping a feeble old man. Despite the old man's handicap, Mrs. Pickering doesn't believe Philip should lower himself. Listen here, that's a different perspective. Despite the old man's handicap, because of who Philip is, she don't feel like he should be lowering himself. Don't think you're, you know, we can't, and, and that's even us. We can't think of people higher than think than they are, that they are themselves. Like we can't even think and put people on a pedestal. That's how I'm looking at this. We have to be careful putting people on a pedestal, right? And feeling that they're not obligated to be low, to, to not help out or to do certain things, right? So the same is true of humility. If a person must announce his humility because we wouldn't see it otherwise, he is not truly a humble person. I learned that a long time ago to not announce that I'm a humble person. I would rather let my actions speak for me, you know, and take criticism if somebody say you know that was kind of arrogant and i love the holy spirit and i love god because he will let you know if you're being you know if you're being arrogant if you're if you're you know thinking so highly of yourself than you are that's the importance of being sensitive to the holy spirit so um i'm just going to go ahead and read this really quickly and end this out you guys um, just an author gradually reveals the nature of her characters. Our words and actions gradually reveal our character and our essential nature. Your words and action tell you what's in you, right? If we are humble people, it will be obvious. But if we are proud people, this will abundantly, this will be abundantly obviously obvious as well, right? And it says Jesus teaches this in Luke 6:45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks so i'm just going to end that reading that book there and also like i said tie into really quick because i'm over my time for the first time in ever <laughs> um god telling me about the temptation of jesus you know we some of us know it very well you know how he went into the to the desert. And I mean, it was a whole scene. It was angels there. It was beasts there. It was a whole scene, right? So, you know, the devil first tempted him and told him, you know, hey, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become a loaf of bread. So we know Jesus said people do, do not live by bread alone. Then the devil was like, okay, you know, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. So no, Jesus said, you must worship the Lord our God and serve only him. 
Then the last thing was, then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you and they will hold you up, up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. So I find this funny because the devil went so far, then he started using scripture, right? He started using scripture, you know, towards Jesus. But how this ties into humility, you might ask. And how I told you about the safety of humility. If we are not humble, if we're operating in pride, we would do the opposite of what Jesus did in this scripture. We would, because we feel like we're lifted up, we could turn the stone into bread because we're hungry. We would um, bow down to the devil. We would bow down to everything that has been offered to us. We would bow down. We would accept it because I worked hard. I did this. So I deserve this and not knowing that it's coming from the devil. The third thing is, you know, he took him to the highest point of the temple. If Jesus felt that test and was not humble, he would have went as high as he could go, not knowing that the devil's plan was to take you to this highest point where everybody can see you and push you off. And saying, oh, but the angels will catch you. We can get so prideful, right? And think that no matter what we do, God got us. God's going to take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Like we can, we can pull ourselves up to a point. We can allow the devil to pull us ourselves up to a point. But if we fall, they just going to catch me. So I'm not going to worry about what happens when I bring myself to this point. Right? But when I fall, when I fail, God going to catch me. He got it. Right? We're abusing the grace. We're abusing the grace. And Jesus says, do not test the Lord your God. God does not like when you put him in a corner like that. Oh, God, you got it. I can do whatever I want. You got it. We can control ourselves up to a point, right? And then we're going to put it all on God and say, you got it, God. So for me, he was telling me, like I said, to get in front of humility, to get in front of it, to embrace it, to let this be, you know what I mean? what Just who I am because, you know, he has to prepare me. Because these things going to show up. And for some of you, these temptations are going to show up in your life. Where you're going to have an opportunity and, and, and feel the power of God inside of you. And you're going to feel that you can do anything that you want to do. That you, It's going to make it feel like that you have control over your life right and i don't mean you know you're gonna have control over your life you you feel like you're gonna have you have control over your life you have everything planned out you have everything mapped out right and you're not leaving room for god to to put out his well-laid thought out plans 
you're not going to want to follow it because you worked hard. You did this. You did that. And then you're going to fall into that that uh, place where Satan could just be like, I'm going to push you off of here because you took yourself up here. Right. So for us wanting God to take us to these higher places. Humility will keep us safe. Humility will keep us safe. Right. Pride will cause us to fall. Humility will keep us safe. We're going to be able to um, turn down the devices of the devil. We're going to know his, you know, his tricks and his schemes. We're going to know that. And plus, on top of that, like I said, it's 705 right now. We're, we, we're, we're going to know who we, and it comes with knowing who we are. Jesus knew the power that he had. He knew it. But he still submitted it, right? He submitted it. He could do it. He could do all of that. But if we're prideful, we don't like when people challenge us and tell us we can't do something. And then we're going to do it just to show people that we can. Right? And we fall into traps like that, right? So we have to be careful and be mindful that even though God gives us gifts, gives us things, gives us things that we don't fall in those traps and humility will keep us safe. Humility, you know, will take, will allow God to tame us, will allow God to train our mind, our thoughts, our spirituality, right? Our everyday choices, it will tame us. It will, he will train us. We, we will become trainable. We will become moldable when we are humble. All right. So I pray that this blessed you. I told y'all I had a lot. Um, I pray that this blessed you, you know, share it with anyone that you feel that may need this. And another thing, as far as a part of this, of being humble, um, I even evaluated and God has even gotten me together with this because I don't know what we're doing. You know, this is a ministry and for people that are doing ministries and doing online ministries and everything, this is the thing that God got me together with. As long as I show up on here, I'm going to offer the opportunity to people to come to Jesus, right? So I even have the plan of salvation. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it every time I'm on here. Every time I'm on, a, on this live, you know, for Emotion Monday, I'm going to offer Jesus. I'm on here because I need to offer Jesus. Yes, he gives me wisdom and things to say, but it's offer not if I don't offer Jesus. I don't know what we're doing out here. The times is getting shorter. The days are dark and people need Jesus. Right? Thank you, cousin. I really need to hear this. I love you and God bless. Oh, I love you too. People need Jesus. People need rededication back to Jesus, right? So let me find my um the scripture. Like I said, God wanted me to do this. So I just want to read this and minister to somebody right now. Um, you know, Romans 10 and 9. You know, this is how you get to Jesus. You know, sometimes we complicate this whole thing. And it's all about just submitting to Jesus. So, you know, Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So it is with your mouth that you are saved. Romans 10 and 9. So it's as simple as, you know, confessing your sins, believing that God is, you know, God is Lord. Jesus rose from the dead. Believe that and take that into your heart and repent. Come, come back to him, even those that need rededication. You know, you can you can say this prayer. You can say that scripture. You can say this prayer. Lord, come to my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be your child. I want to do the will that you have for my life. You can do this in private. It doesn't take a crowd. It doesn't take a, a lot of people witnessing. This is a you and Jesus type of deal, right? This is a you and Jesus ordeal. And when you do it, you know, I advise you guys. So you you dedicate your life to Jesus. You said it. You read the scripture. You confess your sins. What's next? Go find, you know, and, and be led to, to, to God by God on where to go to get some training and teaching and, you know, and, and, and everything so that, you know, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can start asking God now to fill you with the Holy Spirit. After you said that, you confessed your sins, you gave your life to Jesus, you believe, you know, in him, you believe in his gospel. You can start asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and want it earnestly in your heart. It's a heart thing, y'all. Nobody can make you. It's not for people. It's not for show. So at the end of the day, when the, the sky cracks, <laughs> it's going to be you and him. Right? So I thank you guys um, for just tuning in, for listening, how God speaks through me. But that souls being saved, this is the reason. This is the reason why we should be doing what we're doing. I see no one offering the plan of salvation um, in ministries and things that we're doing us appearing. We should always offer and extend that invitation to come to Christ. It's not um, a complicated thing. Like I said, read Romans 10 and 9 and confess your sins. Believe that Jesus is Lord over your life. You want him Lord over your life. Let him deal with your heart. Let him mold your heart and pray. You know, pray on where to extend your training, right? You know, go to, you know what, God, okay, I gave my life to you. What church should I go to? And if you want to rededicate your life, like I said, Confess your sins. You're not too far gone. I don't even know who I'm talking to. You're not too far gone. Confess your sins and come back to Christ. Because this is not the time in this hour to, to be away from Christ. It's not, the, it's not the time. It's not the time. It's not the time. Rededicate your life back to Christ. All right. <laughs> so I thank you guys for tuning in. Like I said, share this with someone that may need it. Um, and I thank you guys. Uh, you won't see me next week because it's my birthday, um, uh, Monday the 19th. So, um, you guys won't see me Monday, but you know, and you guys, I forgot to say this is the 99th episode. We're one episode away from reaching a hundred, hundred podcast episodes to God be the glory. So I thank you guys for tuning in. And like I said, share, share, share. And I'll see you guys another day, another time. All right. Bye-bye.